We've been working on an in-depth, bespoke design podcast series for a while now, but then the world turned upside down with a pandemic, which shall not be named. Hint, it rhymes with schmaronavirus. We thought to ourselves, selves, couldn't we all use a little design distraction right now sooner rather than later? So we decided to condense and fast track our podcast for you into pre-season minisodes. We're leaning into quarantine lifestyle and binge watching and binge reading some of our favorite design shows, documentaries, books, and articles, and then we're gossiping about them right here. Don't worry, our bigger podcast is still in the works, but in the meantime, consider this a taste of things to come. Think of it as a podcast amuse-bouche. I'm Maeve Parker, and I'm joined by Charlene Williams. We are designers, work wives, business besties, and this is Design Design Gossip. Gossip. A podcast for the creatively curious. Today, we're gossiping about Netflix's Next in Fashion. So go ahead and borrow someone's login to catch up on the series. Today, we're wrapping up the Next in Fashion recap with the last five episodes. And heads up, there will be spoilers. Hi, Charlene. I'm doing good. I wore something special for you today. (laughs) You did? What is that? Listeners, we're on Skype, and Charlene can see my leopard sweater. I'm also wearing leopard pants and leopard socks. Oh, my God. I'm channeling Angelo today. Oh, my gosh. You are so much extra and so Angelo. So fitting. I love it. The true test is if you go outside in that outfit. <laughs> I have not. I actually asked Nate to bring in our recycling because I wasn't ready to to show it to the world yet, but I'm working up to it. Oh, nice, nice. So are you ready to talk part two of Next in Fashion? I am. So we'll be going through episodes six through ten. The theme for episode six is rock and roll. I've never seen the hosts be more cheesy and not actual rock and roll. It was a little cringeworthy at times. What were you thinking when you heard the challenge was rock and roll? You know, it's funny. I think of more glam rock. Kiss comes to mind. But I definitely think like motorcycle jackets, spikes, black, silver, all that typical stuff. How about you? Yeah, me too. I went the same place. I was afraid it could get a little hot topic-y though. That was one of my uh, fears going into this. Yeah, when they revealed the fabric closet, which is that area that everybody can go run and get everything they need, it was scaring me a little bit because there was a lot of that stereotypical stuff that I thought, oh, everybody's look is going to look the same or going to look cheesy. Oh, something fun. This episode started with Angelo flashes the judges. They walk in and he's got his kilt just open to the wind on the table. (laughs) Yeah, he does a little flip over the table and flashes everybody. And I love, how did Alexa describe it? Onions in a... Sack of onions. Sack of onions or a couple of oranges in fishnet stockings or something like that. This episode too, when it started, I feel like the designers were a lot more joyful than the opening of the last episode. It was like they all just had their coffee. And then when they reveal the supply closet, everyone does this mad dash to the fabrics. And thinking back to when Marco got gashed in the face, it's like... Have we learned nothing? Let's all just calm down. Yeah. I love that he gets his redemption moment, though, because Charles is, he's a little shorter than Marco, and he's jumping to get this wild turquoise faux fur, and Marco is a little taller than him and actually gets it and takes it. That was maybe the most mean girl moment of the whole series. Yeah. 
I was curious on this one, since Marco and Ashton, they felt like they've been doing different versions of rock and roll the whole way along so far. So I was really curious of how are they going to make this one really stand out? I mean, okay, so they did their version of kind of a cat suit, but it was done with all these beautiful different panels of fabric, including some holographic looking things, some kind of abalone reflective pattern, and then that great turquoise faux fur coat. And when the female model turned around, that fit was amazing on that cat suit. I feel like that could make anybody look like they have a fantastic butt. Yeah, her butt looked incredible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she is a model. I also really love that turquoise furry jacket. Me too. Yeah, I loved it. It was almost like a shrug. Like, they kind of had the really short sleeves. Oh, so cool. Yeah, I think that's really hard to do, too, because there's so much faux fur that's in right now, especially over the winter seasons. But I find that when it's not done well, you kind of just look like a Muppet. I go Muppet or bathroom rug, like bad bathroom bath mat. <laughs> Who are you most worried for in this challenge? I was worried for Angel and Minju because it seemed like another episode where this is a genre they're less familiar with. Yeah, me too. Between the cultural differences and they just have done such feminine stuff. This just was really feeling like out of their wheelhouse. Then when I heard Carly and Daniel's idea, they had this idea of adding ticket stubs, like adding leather flaps that hang off of clothing. And they were supposed to reference ticket stubs. And I didn't know how literal they were going to be. But that sounded like a horrible idea to me. Yeah, to me, it just looked like fabric swatches pinned to the garment. It didn't look intentional. And also, Daniel loves his oxblood and burgundy tones with black. The colors they picked to go with it. It was very autumnal. It didn't really feel rock and roll to me. To me, this looked like a dated toss square motif. It reminded me of a throw pillow from like a chain hotel lobby of the mid-aughts. Hotel lobby. Ouch. (laughs) But so true. So true. I think it was Christopher Kane, the guest designer, that said rock and roll isn't just a look. It's an attitude. And I think that's what made this challenge just really hard to pinpoint because truly, I mean, there's overdone aesthetics of it and then trying to make that new, still referencing a certain genre that it truly is about attitude. And let's be honest, most of these people are delightful little nerds, design nerds (laughs) like us. So, yeah. It's going to be challenging. Yeah, I agreed with that sentiment, especially when I think it was Elizabeth Stewart, the celebrity stylist, who was another judge. She said that uh, a simple look can still be a major moment, which I agree. And I feel like that's where Carly and Daniel, that's where their heads were. And I appreciate that they were going for a simpler attitude moment, but how it actually translated just wasn't working. Yes. I was so excited to see Beth Ditto as one of the guest judges. I'm trying to think when she really came into popularity and kind of mainstream, but she had these blunt black bangs and she dressed very rock and roll like even though she's this curvy woman she's got bustiers on and kind of like shooting videos that are very sexy and very cool very rock and roll and then she's playing this character on this showtime show where she's like an embroidered denim wearing house mom 
with these curled bangs and a scrunchie, like curled mall bangs, that it took me a second to even realize it was her. So I love that she's taking those creative chances. Yeah, I was really intrigued by her look, but I was really confused as to why they just had her there to watch the fashion show and not actually judge. Did she have a scheduling conflict or something? I would have liked to hear more from her. Yeah, true. I know. Some things that I thought once they actually showed all of them on the runway, Claire and Adolfo, their idea, I really liked the raw edges on the leather. That seemed new to me. Angel and Minju did a look that, what can I say? It looks like Tin Man and Tin Woman, all made out of this crazy silver fabric. My notes, I have baked potato. Oh, yes. And at the end, when they were doing the critique, this dress that was maybe T length, they hiked it up to mini skirt length. And I agree that would have been better. But also the waist, they put the waist really low, almost like 1920s, where the waist sits at their hips which just throws the proportions off. Another moment that was a favorite of mine was Angelo and Charles, just their use of, one, that they used gold instead of silver. I think everybody associates like cooler metal tones. And then that they did that chain garter that hung out uh, underneath. That was such a good idea. And I love that they included hearts and they were saying coming more from love instead of the hard edge, which was just a nice twist. Though the hearts did look a little crafty, bedazzled Mm -hmm. to me, but I was willing to go along with it. I know we've already talked a lot about Carly and Daniel, but my impression, especially after seeing it compared to everybody else's on the runway, it felt like if Nordstrom dressed their model like their mannequins. It's like Nordstrom's take on rock and roll. It felt like very watered down. Surprise, surprise, Carly and Daniel won. No idea how that happened. Especially after, I feel like they went on and on about how Marco and Ashton, I could see so-and-so in this. I could see Gaga in this. Then why wouldn't you go with that one if it's so appealing that you immediately would put people in it? Oh, I thought it was interesting when they were going through the people who were potentially eliminated, which was Claire and Adolfo and Angel and Minju. And it was nice that Claire and Adolfo, when they found out that they were eliminated and Angel and Minju were staying, they complimented them and were just like, they're amazing. They have to stay, which I thought was really nice for them to be so supportive. We're at a point in the show where everyone is so supportive of each other and there's so much camaraderie. It's very heartwarming. I just also want to give a shout out to Minju's jacket that she was wearing on the runway show. It was like a quilted lavender jacket with orange quilt stitch, like top stitching on it to make the pattern. It kind of had the shape of a my grandma's house coat, but in a good new way. And I absolutely loved it. Also, house coats. Can we bring back house coats? Uh, especially now during quarantine, we need house coats. That used to be my favorite part about staying over at my grandma's. My grandma would let me wear her house coats. And to me, they were so fancy, <laughs> which they totally were like flammable polyester or whatever. But I think they had ruffles and that's all it took. So they dropped kind of a big announcement at the end of this episode no longer working in teams. This was really bittersweet for them. And it will be interesting to see how it plays out of who was strengthened by a partnership and who maybe was taking a backseat and should have been having more of their aesthetic. Yeah, I think that happens pretty quickly. All right, let's get to it. Okay, episode seven, activewear. What were you thinking when you heard activewear? Immediately, I think of that little video that went around a couple years ago with women going to the store in my activewear. 
active wear. I thought it was interesting when they said that the episode was going to be about active wear, they said fashion and function, which I feel like function hasn't been a huge part that they were critiquing in the past that this is the first time that something is the literally the function is going to be considered so that'll be an interesting challenge for them and i was impressed that they had josephine auberg who is from adidas because i think adidas is one of my favorite activewear brands i just love the range of styles that they do they really have been inclusive in the plus size realm do you remember the stella mccartney partnership yes Yes. That was the first time that I started to love how special active wear could be. It was so dreamy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she d- brought such gorgeous, subtle colors and unique um, shapes to their line. Yeah. So this is a little bit of a revelation about both of our histories. But when we were paying attention to that collaboration, we were both working in sporting goods slash fitness adjacent categories. And this is a bit of a tangent, but I have a rant that is lingering from that time in my life. But something that I'm still seeing in activewear in general today is that the neon pop of things in activewear of like, here's the zipper, here's the drawstring, here's the piping. I don't know why we think that when people are working out, they can't find their zipper. In case you can't find the drawstring, it's neon. It has a function, just so you know, pointing it out, here's the function. It just seems overdone and patronizing. Like when we're wearing regular clothes, we don't need the clothes to tell us where is the zipper. I'm just so over it. Can we just please stop with the neon pops? Okay, I like it. So on the topic of color, when they showed their fabric closet, I was happy to see there was so much color. When I think of active wear, I think of black leggings, you know, and so much black. So I was excited to see how they were going to use all this different color. Let's get into some looks. I loved Minju's caped leotard, or was it a swimsuit? It was so sexy, steamy, so cute. I loved it. And I loved the hot pink knee highs that she styled it with. So mm, perfect. Her styling is so on point. I love that it wasn't about being sexy. And now she makes it sexy. Where When they were in that lingerie challenge, they really struggled. Yeah, it's like when you're trying too hard to be cool, it's the most uncool thing. Like if you're trying too hard to be sexy, it's not. Wear this. It was just effortless. I also loved Daniel's rowing outfit this time and his rowing scarf. I thought the same thing. The idea of including a scarf and his little Harry Potter glasses on him. Just in general, I was amazed at the range of sports that people went for. Immediately, I think like going to the gym, running, yoga, something super stereotypical where people were really going out of the box. Like his was rowing. We had swimming. We had uh, wrestling singlets, boxing. Also with Daniel's outfit, again, he's pulling out the oxblood. He had this periwinkle blue but then he brought in this bright red and that just bridged the periwinkle to the oxblood and it just felt like a lot more balanced so his color sense is jarring at first but then he'll sometimes bring in these tertiary colors that smooth it out and make it work and make it into a color combination i haven't really seen before especially in this category Yes, I was here for that color. I absolutely loved it. And I think it's really part of what made that look a success. 
And his seemed more conceptual. Like, there was a story to the outfit, too. And speaking of stories, Charles had another great story. He is designing for a woman who's leaving work to go boxing. I loved the giant pockets on that cape jacket he did. The woman wearing it looked like she, like, you couldn't not feel powerful when you're wearing that. I wrote down, too, I was impressed with how much white in general. So, like, Daniel's look, even though he had those bold color blocking on the bodysuit, he put a pair of white shorts on top. Minju's jacket was white. Ashton did a gradient of black to white, too, because you think active wear possibly getting dirty because you're like either outside or, or doing what whatever. Also, Charles, I think he got that amazing jacket that everybody loved and he got it done in six hours. He works so fast. Uh, lacking in technical skill was his former partner, Angelo, which Angelo's look, I thought it was cool. Even though, okay, function, sure. Is somebody going to wear a top and a bottom pant to go swimming? I really liked that look, and he was the only one that actually made his own print. Also, I just loved his own outfit. He had a pink blouse with a black cravat and pants with hearts on them. Just his personality. At one point, he said, I am Poseidon, I am God of the Sea. I just want to roll in somewhere and announce that with the confidence he does. I think one of my favorite moments was Charles boxing shorts that had like high slits with snaps up the side. I thought it was interesting that Carly's got the critique that it looked sad because she was very sad while creating this. did come through. Her idea was there. I think I liked her concept of being able to transform the garment, but the execution was only half-baked. I didn't love, this is under my meh pile, Ashton's ombre look was a little underwhelming. It's fine. Also, Marco's look, maybe I didn't like it because he had that bright neon piping, which I just ranted about before, but I did love he used a really lovely, nice, soft, sage, dusty green for his main color, which I really loved. Like, if he had had the tonal look without those neon pops, I would have been so there for that look. So the winner was Daniel. No surprise. Tan had a very good point. He was kind of the only one that all the parts worked separately. Like you could pair any of those individual pieces with a different outfit and it would totally work, which was really impressive. And then so eliminated our beautiful little shiny star. Angelo was finally eliminated and was so sweet. He ran around thanking everybody, even the camera guy, which I thought was so sweet. And Carly went home. All right, episode eight, inspired by military. I was really excited about this episode. I love military fashion because I love being able to play with hardness and softness, like a structured military jacket over a loose, flowy sundress is like my favorite combo. I was feeling the opposite as they went through how it's a major influence and they listed trench coats, bomber jackets, combat boots. I don't wear any of those things that I realize I appreciate it from afar. But my personal style, I don't wear any of those things. But I'm thinking it kind of is like the suiting. It's all hard edges, tailored and stiff. And I don't do that. (laughs) I also just love military detailing. I love pockets. I want all the pockets. (laughs) I like that they stated the challenge as something that honors the source, but make it fashion. I was hoping people wouldn't make it too literal. 
So before we get into the looks, when they're working, just one thing that stuck out to me that was so sweet, Daniel gives Minju his fabric. She comes over and she's looking at it and she likes it and he just says, oh, go take it. Oh, my heart just melted. Yeah, clearly she is not one to throw elbows to go get the fabric she wants. That was a really sweet moment. I would have liked to have seen Julian in this episode. That would have been great to see an actual member of the military designing military fashion. If only they could do millionaire phone a friend. (laughs) If they were able to pull somebody back. Minju and him would have been an interesting combination between how tight structured everything he does and then her flowing And ultimately, her look was my absolute favorite. Mine, too. I was swooning. So pretty. When she was working on it, I was worried. This looks like this could go kind of monk-like, like a priest robe. But then she put those gold buttons on it, and I was floored. Yeah, so... Gorgeous sienna, brown, puffy sleeve, long coat, double-breasted buttons, black leather harness, black sheath dress underneath. Oh, it was just gorgeous. After the show, they pulled the harness off. Did you like it with or without the harness? I liked it both. The judges didn't love the harness, but it was beautiful enough on its own. But I also didn't mind the harness when it was on there, too. It made it a little bit edgier. Yeah, and I liked the shape that it created. You know, we already said that some of the contestants have interesting backgrounds. And we talked about how Ashton was in a Filipino boy band. And then he busted out. So Ashton is, he describes himself as people think of him as a little pit bull. And he's hes kind of this tough looking guy with piercings and all these tattoos. Yet he said he loves going to his cabin and he's wildly passionate about flowers. <laughs> that gets to my contrast of hardness and softness. I feel like that comes through with Ashton a lot. I also loved the fabric that Angel used. It was like a dusty, iridescent olive green. Yes, I was very happy because if you remember in our last episode, I was hoping people would create their own textiles. And I think that is what made this look. She did all that quilting and stuffing things so she could make outerwear and a matching skirt. I did get nervous when she she cited her inspiration was Moonrise Kingdom just because the last time that that they used Monet as a reference for lingerie, I felt like they got away from their true aesthetic. So I was a little nervous, but it totally worked. Was there anybody that you thought fell flat? Sadly, I think Charles's look on this episode, I was a little underwhelmed by. I really liked his the white kind of structured main piece but then he had this loose robe over it sleeveless robe that secured at the waist and it just looked like a jedi to me the judges clearly felt the same way i liked the white jumpsuit except for that tacky gold buttons i felt like it didn't need it it would have been better left simple yeah i think this is where him being so technically good he gets too much time and then he ends up overworking it which is how i feel like in design sometimes i think that's when i'm sometimes my worst enemy is when you're feeling like oh this is working out should i keep working on it and you do those few too many things i do feel like this show offers better styling than any other fashion design competition i feel like people usually throw too many necklaces and bracelets and purses and shoes that are obnoxious and maybe because they're usually sponsored by some brand so they have to use them but i feel like the styling is much more elevated in this show another thing i was underwhelmed by was daniel's look he did a trench coat this had never occurred to me before he said it was a military coat that the british had invented for trench warfare but the trench coat is so ubiquitous it doesn't read military anymore 
it felt like the overall concept took a left turn, too, because he went wanting to honor the medics in the military, and it ended up looking like a dive suit with a long denim coat put over it, which could be a fine concept on its own, but that's not what was intended, and it just looked like a half-hearted attempt. So the guest judges were public school, which I wasn't familiar with them, but they clearly have a great aesthetic. And no surprise, Angel won with her tent jacket dress, which was awesome because I feel like she took some of the most risk out of everybody. And going home, we had Marco and Charles. Should we move on to episode nine, Denim? Yes, please. Okay, what'd you think when you heard Denim was the challenge? I was scared. Denim should be left to the experts, I feel like. I rarely have seen someone just make something with denim. I think it's about the stitching. It looks like a home ec project. And it has to be so tailored to the wearer, too. I loved it opened with the Britney and Justin reference. (laughs) That was very charming. Yes, yes. Loved that. One thing that struck me about Ashton when they were telling the challenge was he was like, oh, yeah, I've made denim for, you know, Ariana, Beyonce, Usher. He's just so nonchalant about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and that look that they showed that he had done for Beyonce, the the long-sleeve pink leotard was so cute. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. That was interesting to me. Maybe the way that I get hung up and think people can't really do denim is when they're using the typical blue or even black. But yeah, once denim is in a color, it becomes a whole different thing. I thought that doing two denim looks was kind of a sadistic challenge because denim is so hard to work with and that many looks in the same amount of time this time was really upping the pressure. And they had so many accessories and bells and whistles that people could put on, like bleaching and studs and all this stuff that, yeah, it was a lot for them to work with and figure out. I was worried about that too, because that's fun to do, but... It can be really crafty, really fast. I feel like the first time you try something to jazz up your denim, it never looks as good as you think it's going to. So I was nervous. We did see it, though, with poor Angel. And I did not like the embellishing to the denim she was doing. The That green splatter mm-hmm. paint she did at first, I thought it was a resist medium. But then I realized it was the final intention, and I was not into that green. It might be my own personal hang-up, but it just looks like Nickelodeon slime green to me. It's too juvie, just not into it. Yeah, I am with you. There was a nice little moment on the backside of the men's jeans where it looks like she had put bleach and it just kind of ran down that made this subtle streakiness that if she would have done that technique throughout everything, I think that could have been a winner, especially that draped dress that she did. I also really liked how Ashton was gravitating towards these desaturated denims because you'll see photos of a denim product and it looks like beautiful and subtle and then you see the actual thing and it's a bright saturated crayon blue. I think maybe with Instagram filters or lighting effects, it always kind of tones down the blue of the denim and i feel like can we make this less saturated denim a little bit more ubiquitous so i was really loving the tones of denim that he pulled and he took some chances his plan got thrown off he ran out of one of the colors of denim he planned on using and then he made a super bold choice once it's on the model and just before they're going to go out on the runway he cuts these sleeves off which ooh, that is a bold move but 
I agree. It looked so much better. That look was my favorite. I loved it. I loved the shoulders on the woman's look. I love the high-waisted trouser. It was just impeccable. I would wear it. So gorgeous. That was the winner for me. I loved it too. And again, the styling, the fact that he put it with white combat boots instead of black just made it change the whole feel of the outfit. Should we talk about Daniel a little bit? First, it shows a backstory of some activism he was doing, an anti-Brexit collection he had done. And that, again, melted my heart. I loved the protest that he has had experience doing. And I really enjoyed his approach to this challenge where he's taking the scraps of other people's looks to make kind of a e- eco statement of the damage that denim does to the environment, which it it does. That is all something we should be more aware of. So I like that he was pointing that out. However, that dress that he made with the scrap kind of iceberg mountain range, it looks so stiff. Like thinking of all those patched denim pieces, there would be no flow to that. And it was so bottom heavy. It just kind of brought the model down. And I wasn't loving the men's look either. I wasn't loving all these saturated blues. The judges loved it. I loved the concept behind it, but the look was not for me. Agreed. And that fit of that dress, the judges specifically said, oh, that would look good on anybody. No, (laughs) no, it would not. Yeah, I'm with you. But at the same time, I don't think I could bring myself to send Daniel home this episode. Um, Minju's look, she had... A lot of piecing. The silhouettes were very simple. However, I was more kind of meh on this look. I think maybe it would have looked better in person with the metallics. The metallics weren't coming across on screen. And the pants, they looked like Jenko's, which (laughs) I I have heard whispers that Jenko's are coming back. And I am Mm -hmm. ready to battle Jenko's. I will not let it happen. They are not entering my house or my life. (laughs) We've left that behind us. And I think that's where it needs to stay. So that might be my own personal hangups about Jenko's. But yeah, not my favorite. Yeah, I think this Jenko revival is like backlash to how long the skinny jean has been around. If the pendulum is going to swing, that is the total opposite. And that's exactly what her collection reminded me of, too. And I just I could not see one redeeming quality of her looks. Sorry to say. I really thought Ashton and Minju were the ones that were going to be moving forward. Who did you think was going to be moving through to the final? I thought it was going to be... Daniel and Minju just based on past performance. The judges had given them both passes in the past based on knowing what they could do. And I think that's what happened here. So yeah, we're left with Daniel and Minju. So Daniel won. I guess our tastes are very different from the judges on this one. And Angel and Ashton left. They were very cute in their exit interview. And again, very leaving on a very positive note. And then they queue up for the final... They tell the remaining contestants, Daniel and Minju, that they are going to be creating a full collection, which is 10 looks, but they only have three days. How do you go home and sleep at night? I think I would immediately go curl into a ball and panic somewhere. Same, same. Yeah, so that brings us to episode 10, the finale. This episode was really exciting. We have Eva Chen back from Instagram as a judge, and I think she's actually my favorite judge. I was happy to see her again on this episode, kind of bookending the whole series. And we have Elizabeth Stewart again, and then I didn't write down her name, but there was a buyer for Netta Porte. Yes. And then 
Of course, they did the reality TV trope of unveiling the family is there and getting everybody to cry. (laughs) Including me, I was crying. And okay, so a big change with this challenge is now they have sewers to help them execute, which that's great. You couldn't do it without them. That's kind of something I wish that we could have seen almost through the whole series because that is more realistic to how you would be designing in real life. And something that was so sweet, again, Daniel is helping Minju throughout the process. They can both see what each other is doing, and there's just not an air of competition at all. They're just really raising each other up. It's just so loving and supportive and collaborative, even though they are competing with each other for $250,000. They're still helping each other. That was just so lovely to see. Yes. It's a pleasant surprise to have two people that just seem to be good souls to come out on top instead of being so cutthroat. Let's talk about their inspiration that they pulled. Daniel was inspired by Bright Young Things, which... I didn't know about before he mentioned it, but yeah, that seemed totally fitting. And Minju's inspiration was Frida Kahlo. I also love to see that the fabric closet had a bunch of fun prints, which I knew as soon as Minju got her hands on them, she was going to do wonderful things. I loved she used this blue and green jacquard floral, and she used it a couple places and used the front on some pieces and the reverse on some other pieces. It was beautiful. I like that she took the spirit of Frida Kahlo because clearly Minju was feeling maybe the least confident or the pressure was getting to her more than previous episodes. But it felt like she kind of channeled Frida Kahlo and her confidence. And that was more of the influence than necessarily Frida Kahlo's aesthetic. I love that. That is such a sharp observation, Charlene. And shouldn't we all be doing that? Shouldn't we be wearing what would Frida do bracelets every day? Uh, One of my favorite parts of the show was Daniel. He takes that fabric. I described it like 1960s floral brooches all over this fabric. And he looks at it and it's so bejeweled and bedazzled. And it's a beautiful fabric to begin with. And Alexa Chung says later that it's $600 a yard, which so he takes a hammer to it. He wears his safety goggles and he's hammering this brooch fabric to make it less perfect and just make the texture a little bit more organic and less fussy. And that looked so fun. Especially at the end of the season, it's probably like a good stress reliever to just swing a hammer for a bit, but also very risky. I thought it was smart that they didn't show us all the looks. So there was still going to be some surprise on the runway. So I was glad to see that. Want to talk about the actual runway show? Let's get into the looks. I'm so excited to talk about these. All right. So Daniel started first. Let me know what you thought. So the first look that comes out is the pink satin jacket with the two stars and then the jeans with the butt star. I love the jacket. The butt star? Not loving the butt star. The judges did point out it does kind of lift up your butt, which I I see that and I appreciate that. But I think it's just a little too on the nose, the butt star. He's also doing, again, bringing in that oxblood color and still mixing it with like citrones. He had an oxblood and citrone jockey suit and i'm warming up to it i don't know if i'm quite there with the jockey suit yet but his color mixes i'm definitely more comfortable with them now like seeing him develop them a little more and get just getting more used to them overall i i did really like his collection i loved the variety i love the details like he painted the seams i loved his showstopper dress was 
just completely breathtaking. And it just felt very him overall. You could see his aesthetic. You could see him in the pieces and you could see what he could do. All right. Well, this may be controversial. I could be wrong, but I feel like a lot of his stuff was derivative of stuff that we've seen throughout the season, either the host wearing or from other designers. So I thought his trench coat was the best thing. He did that hand-painted scenes and stitching. Do you remember how I said Tan wore that suit? That granted, it was more like hash marks, but all the painted scenes. And then, so his showstopper look, originally he did it in black, and then he decided to change it to silver. And where the skirt began to puff out, it looked like it had been asymmetric, put on wrong. If you look, Alexa, the host, is wearing a dress with that exact bottom in pink. Was it the episode before this one? I'm not saying he did it intentionally, but I feel like maybe some of these things kind of seeped in. Well, we have an Agatha Christie on this podcast today because you've got all the clues. I didn't even notice that stuff. I don't want to show you the other wall that I have with strings tying all these things together. I really liked the silver dress. I think that one conveyed his inspiration the most. And I particularly liked his styling that he had kind of transparent crew socks and Oxfords with it. And then a Marcel wave fancy side of the hair. And then the bun was kind of messy in the backs. It did have that balance of tousled and polished. And that one worked for me. Yes. Yes. So should we get into Minju? Wow. All I have to say is, wow, I I bow, I fall to the floor. This collection left me completely dazzled. Just thinking back on this collection, I start to smile. It just is so joyful and has such an airiness and a lightness. And it's just, Alexa Chung described it as a confectionery cake treasure box. And it's so exactly right on with what this collection was. I was just swooning. Yes, she captured unexpected femininity. She played with layering many patterns in such a beautiful way. She even designed like crazy headpieces and shoes that look like the edge of a straw hat and somehow strung that texture through nearly every design. They commented how it's kind of seasonless. I mean, really, is this summer? Is this winter? It's like a keepsake collection. You could wear it whenever. It's timeless. One of my personal favorites was the pink midriff look with the puffy sleeves <laughs> and the high-waisted pant. And I was looking at pictures of the premiere and Alexa wore that outfit to the premiere. Oh. And then Tan wore... Minju didn't do any menswear looks in this collection, but he wore that a, a Minju piece of that jacquard blue and green fabric that she had used, which was a really nice, nice. callback. Yeah. I think the one thing, she did a green dress that was shorter, that was more simple than the rest. I think that's the only one that is slightly not as impressive as the, other, as the others, but totally wearable. Netaporte could put it up as Maybe is. it was because it was held up next to these fantastic mm-hmm. dresses, and this one was just a teeny bit underwhelming, but... So much respect that she used her own prints as well. She incorporated them. That's next level. And the fact that she thought to have her last look, which they said make the most impressive, had a huge reveal. 
So this was a wedding dress, which that fabric, every wedding dress should be made out of that. But the big reveal was you see this very blousey dress and this veil that's on top of the model's head. And when she drops it, it becomes this long train of the dress. They zoomed in on Jonathan Venice. He's one of the audience members and he just looks like totally stunned his jaw drops and that was appropriate because that was gorgeous yeah that dress when the lights dramatically revealed it it was such a striking entrance yes after all that color and they even had bright bold color blocking on the stage projection so i don't know if that was her idea or theirs but somebody needs to get props for the fact that they cut to black right before that wedding dress came out and then that spotlight on that white dress was just heavenly So then they have a little moment where they're talking to the family members to see what everybody thinks. And uh, the moment where Minju's sister, who is the business side of their company together, she really has a moment of realization that she's the one who's been holding back Minju's creativity because she's been telling her to like make it saleable and whatever. Oh, my heart broke. It was just such a lovely moment. And then we find out who the winner is, ultimately, drum roll, Minju! It's Minju. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Oh, my, oh, I don't think she could do anything wrong. I would show up for anything she does. She's a beautiful person. She has beautiful work. Oh, I was so happy with the result. Me too. I so can't wait to see what she does. So much respect just as a print designer, too. Like, take away all her gorgeous silhouettes. Her prints, I adore them. Oh, I want wrapping paper. I want shower curtains. I want a notepad. I want all of it, please. (laughs) So totally worth watching, totally captivating, inspiring. This show is above par of every other fashion reality tv show that i've seen so charlene i have a confession i've been unfaithful (laughs) (gasps) i I started watching making the cut making the cut yes (laughs) me too yes okay all right we've only watched a few episodes but i am very intrigued by that show because a lot of the premise takes care of some issues that i had with next in fashion for example they have sewers every episode it's not a sewing contest they say in the first episode which is how it is in real life it's designers aren't competing for how well they can sew also every challenge they do a couture look and an accessible look i love that and they can have any size model in any challenge which again i was missing in this next in fashion we only had it in one episode sadly so i am going to continue with my side affair with making the cut. Yeah, I have been following it. And there's some positives and some negatives. Heidi Klum and Tim Gunn can't get enough of Tim Gunn. Want him in my life, want him to be my best friend. The other judges don't like so much. You really find out how catty Naomi Campbell is. She's such a mean girl. I know the internet is loving her right now. I I need to watch some more episodes. (laughs) Uh, I think the teacher side of me comes out and that is not how I teach. You're the teacher. I'm the mean girl. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, stop. Never. (laughs) But yes, next we're going to be talking about the book Joyful from Ingrid Fettel Lee. I recommend the audio. Yeah. So listeners, go ahead and read Joyful if you like or listen to our conversation next week as a primer if you're interested in reading the book and yeah come back here here is gossip even more 
we can all use a little more joy in our life right now, right? Amen. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye. All right, listeners, the gossip doesn't have to stop here. Spread the love, share this episode with your bestie, leave us a review on iTunes, and come mingle with us and other creatives by joining our Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram at Design Gossip, all one word. And while you're there, show us what you've been working on with hashtag Design Gossip. Check us out on Pinterest to see all the inspiration we've been gathering. And finally, you can get show notes as well as a ton of amazing resources just for you at our website, www.designgossip.club. That's designgossip.club. Thanks, listeners. I'm Maeve Parker. And I'm Charlene Williams. Okay, bye. Later, babes. Did you hang up? You hang up. No, you hang up. No, no, you hang up. No, really. Thank you.